Hello and welcome to the Fearless and Successful Podcast. I am Diana Lugoli, success and business coach, helping online entrepreneurs just like you to live their freedom lifestyle. I'm a multi-passionate mom of three beautiful daughters, an expat and HR specialist with masters under her belt. My holistic approach to business and my high vibe energy are my genius. And my mission is to show you that you too can be, do, and have whatever you desire. This will be jam-packed podcast and your daily dose of inspiration, motivation, and tangible tips on business strategy and mindset mastery. Each week, I will bring you a worldwide guest or I will give you my personal insights so that you can dream big, plan for success, and impact the world. Get ready to be fearless and create unstoppable success. Are you with me? Let's rock and roll. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world and when you are listening to this next show of Fearless and Successful Entrepreneurs. I am Dee, I'm your host, and I try by bringing you Fearless and Successful Entrepreneurs from all around the world to inspire you to dream big, to plan for success, and impact the world. I have beautiful Grace Henke from California today. Hello, Grace, how are you? Um, great. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much for taking the time and joining me um, to share your fearless story and how you actually overcome some adversities, um, moving countries, uh, setting up, up your business and all the things in between. So um, I will properly introduce you and then we can start. Awesome. Okay, so Grace Henke is a founder of Mensa Muts. She's born and raised in China, and she pursued a master's degree in statistics in California. From negotiating a 15% raise at the Bay Area, she started to, she started to quit a month after to start her dog training business. Grace Henke is an anti-obedience, fearful dog expert and the founder of Mensa Muts. She works with dog owners who have tried everything but are still struggling to communicate with their, their shy, fearful, and reactive dogs. Uh, and uh, before we start, I just need to ask you, mm-hmm. what, like, because the, what we will be talking about is obviously how you come from one country to another country to pursue your dreams and to become fearless what actually like is there any point in back in your childhood where you said i want to be a dog trainer never <laughs> <laughs> so how did yeah. that turn around <laughs> yeah I, I i shared this backstory with um several people i think what happens that I grew up in China and I don't know now how it looks like in China. I haven't been back for over a decade, but when I was growing up, um, dog training or owning a well-behaved dog was a secret. It's, it's a mystery, right? No one knows how. Uh, we didn't have like dog training classes everywhere. And all my neighborhood dogs are 
pretty much crazy and ill-behaved. And then there, I still remember this one neighbor had a dog really well-behaved. And so we're like, wow, how you train your dog? And he would just give out the looks like, yeah, I would not tell you, right? And so my whole life growing up, I was like, huh, it's kind of like, a, I guess part of it is I was like, this is such a secret and I want to know how. But obviously, I never thought I would be a dog trainer. I just like, one day I'm going to figure out how to train a dog. And fast forward, that's like two decades later, right? I, I, <laughs> I came here to pursue a master's degree in statistics. I never like thought about I will be a dog trainer. Um, <clears throat> then uh, after I got married, we, um, me and my husband finally uh, own a little condo. That's a time we're like, okay, we, I think we're ready to have a dog. So that's when the time like, okay, we adopted a dog and this dog happened to be um, what we will call a, a unique, special and difficult ones. Uh, he actually, a, uh, it's a Taiwan dog uh, from Taiwan. Uh, we actually picked him up in the San Francisco airport the night they shipped him in. So we've never met him before. And uh, throughout the, the training him and everything, I learned more about dogs like this. They were actually feral dogs. They're not domesticated. They actually live on the street, live in the mountains, and then the Good Samaritans actually go try to rescue them and try to domesticate them and try to adopt them out. Um, so these are, these are dogs extremely not really familiar with city living. Uh, so it took me a very long time to actually help him to become like more confident and loving people. Uh, he was so scared when we first got him. He scared my husband for two months. My husband walked in the house, he would just run and hide. Um, that happened to a lot of my clients' dog too. And that's, I think, how I started like, getting involved in more dog training through the experience helping him. I was like, wow, I should actually help other dog owners just like me who struggled. Um, that's kind of how it all started. And yeah, I never thought I would have a dog training business when I was little. <laughs> so funny. Like we all, like I think also as well, my story goes back to uh, when I was a kid, my father was so obsessed with me getting like being a good student and having good degrees and that and, uh, being a lawyer was always something that was like, oh, she's going to be a lawyer. And I, I am actually one of the, the only ones in our extended family who actually has a, a master's degree or even finished um, uh, university. But I would never, like, when I started my university, I, I never, like, lawyer? No, no. <laughs> uh, so, I, so it's really funny how we, we dream of, some, of becoming something when we are kids, but it turns out something completely different. Um, and I think it's also cool uh, to just see how, how practice and what we actually implement in our lives, we create this transformation. So we are able then to pursue that. Uh, transformation and give others the same solutions that we created for ourselves. It's kind of cool because you're teaching what you're preaching. Yep. <laughs> so tell me, so now you're this successful dog trainer and you have this business and life is good, you know, um, in California with your amazing husband, who is also your biggest influencer and biggest role model. 
Tell me, what was everything in between when you moved to, to California from China and you started to study statistics? What was in between? What was some struggles that you needed to overcome? Well, I think one thing was always the uncertainty, right? Like you came here, or let's say I came here, I was like, I didn't really know what to expect. And I didn't really have families that live close to me or relatives that, or friends that I know. So I didn't really know anybody. Um, and the funny thing, not funny anymore, well, now you look at it, it's funny. I took a very long flight, um, came over, and the, all my luggages were missing uh, when I arrived. So I had zero luggage or anything, my belongings are all missing. <laughs> and took them, took the airline, I think two months to find my stuff and ship the luggage to my university. Um, so I was like, wow, I, I, I suppose I have all this stuff with me and I had nothing. Um, so I had to like, when shopping, and the one thing really kind of shocked at the time is, when you shop in the U.S., I don't know how it works in European countries, but when you shop in the U.S., the price is the price. And then when you check out, they add the tax on taxes on top of the pricing. Now, when you shop in China, uh, the price will be the final price, that tax or whatever fees already included. So it came out like a sticker shock. Like I said, oh, I bought pants only for five bucks. And I come out, why it cost me eight bucks at the end? because they add taxes on top of it when you check out. That was something I learned like, wow, didn't, didn't, like, didn't know that, right? No one told me that's a thing. Um, but when you just came here, you try to like save money and not overspending, but you have no clothes, right? No, <laughs> nothing with you and you went shopping and then that's the thing come out. Uh, from your receipts, it's like, wow, that's something like you learn from experience, um, not something that you learned from a textbook or something like that. Um, <clears throat> so that's definitely something. And the other thing I realized, some English words I learned while I was in China, that even though we had English class, I feel it's actually so not practical. Um, and the certain things, certain words I use now living in the States, it's really like, wow, I would never learn that or understanding the differences until I came here and living here. When you study in China, learning English, it's very disconnected with, in a sense, with the reality here. Um, one of the examples is um, in China, we learn the word hamburger and also the word sandwiches. Uh, for me, there's not much difference between hamburger and the sandwiches. I actually didn't know what's the difference. We just learned two words. Now came here, I went to McDonald's. I said, I want a uh, fish burger. And the cashier looked at me funny, like, you want a fish sandwich? I'm like, okay. And so then now I know when you say burger, it's always beef patty. That's what burger is. And if it's not beef in the center, then that's a sandwich. Um, that's something I've never learned in China. So I came here, like asking, said, I, I call everything hamburger, right? Um, so the language definitely like, I know I have to speak English, but at the same time, like people will look at you funny, like, what's you're saying? 
Um, so you learn that throughout the way as well while living here. Um, <clears throat> and then in the school at the beginning, I think I had a really hard time reading a lot of textbooks. Uh, I didn't remember much at this exact moment, but I, I'm pretty sure that was a small struggle for a while. Like just reading is really hard for me. Uh, even though I did tons of English testing when I was in China, you came here, you look at a textbook with all the English words, you're like, oh my gosh, it's just kind of a headache. Um, that's also something I was have to kind of overcome, get used to, and eventually now if I read everything in English, I no longer feel that way. I think that's just something time will help. Um, and I also, part of it, making friends. Um, at the beginning, try to find where you belong um, after you arrive. And also there are a lot of uh, Chinese students here, but you can see some of them may just not as, how would I say, um, they might not able to overcome the difficulties. They might just give up half, halfway. And you do see those your classmates that who are giving up. And sometimes it definitely feels sad about that. Uh, at the same time, you also see that some of your classmates really thriving at what they're doing and have a bright future. And then that's will be the thing like, wow, I'd rather be that so I can't give up. I think that's some of the stuff I have to like learning on the way as well as overcome of the self-confident issues and try to find where I belong. Uh, I hope that makes sense. That you touch on a very important um, thing that I believe it's really a differentiator. And for all of my, because I have a lot of speakers, uh, listeners who are actually expats or who move countries and they live in another country, so they will resonate with that. And moving countries, leaving your family and friends behind, it's definitely something that it's not normal um, because it gives you that certain grit. It gives you that certain power. But still, when you are like there and you're struggling with day-to-day -day stuff, like <laughs> seeing that, okay, so the taxes are added to my <laughs> checkout <laughs> and like how do I deal with with these all day-to-day -day things like yeah hamburgers and all this stuff that doesn't make sense until you come to a, a certain point in uh, and maybe that doesn't maybe this will resonate with you you tell me in point where you know what should I give up now because life sucks and go back and then you remember of all these things, you know what? I am stronger than this. I will not give up. I have something to, to give. I have something to look forward to. Tell me if that resonates with you. I think part of it, when I came here, I, part of me is like, okay, it has to work out. Um, so when the difficult time comes, I, I think I inside me probably remind me subconsciously like okay it's gonna work out I just need to keep at it it's gonna work out um, and then that's probably it's what kept me going um, and uh, yeah and I try to set up a goal like figure it out how, how it works and figure out what I want and then try to figure out what's next and when things get difficult I, I, I had definitely frustrating times at school. 
um, that are like, oh my God, this is hard. Uh, by the same time, like, okay, I came all the way here. Like, I cannot just like went back. Like, that's that, for me. I guess that's like that's not an option. I have to make this work. Um, I think that's what kept me going. Yes, love this. Uh, kind of like building that resilience. So, tell me, how did you? So, you had this. You got this dog, and you were kind of struggling with. Um, <laughs> train him and all this stuff and how did you got the idea okay so this is what I can offer to other people and how you we know that you know you had this kind of fearlessness in yourself but actually to set up the business in itself is it can be scary sometimes so what what was what were you thinking when you said you know what now it's time to open a business <laughs> I love that question. Uh, I think part of it, so I got really involved in training. So I was once actually co-hosting training classes for a nonprofit for about two and a half years. I think that part of it definitely built up my confidence on uh, starting a business myself. Um, the other thing is throughout that co-hosting time period, that's the part I really notice that how much dog owners struggles uh, it's just sometimes now i look back it's like wow like it's hard to even think about it the people will go to training and they're really like determined that they really want to help their dog and then they went to training and they continue to struggle after that's also the time i realized okay there's a gap between the training i <clears throat> i help co-host it and then the way how I train my dog myself. And so I think part of my business really how to refine what I can do that other trainers are not able to provide. And that's something I know, like that's what dog owner really needed. Uh, I think the other part on really giving up my job, like quit my job and start business, I have to thank my husband. Uh, I think I was at the time like, okay, I got a raise. I actually got a promotion as well. And then, but I just feel, I feel my work is not very fulfilling. I think say it, it's kind of a cliche, but I think that's the reality of it. It's just, I was like, well, I got a little more money. It's kind of, I should be proud and happy, but I just didn't feel that way. That excitement didn't last very long. And so I, I was at the time like, okay, maybe I should pivot to do something else. And then that's when my husband like, you should really start your dog training business because when you talk about dogs, you can't stop talking about dogs. So I'm like, okay, you sure? That means I won't have income for a while and, <clears throat> and I, might, I might fail, right? And then he said, if you're too scared of failing that you never started too scared to try, then you just already failed, right? So I think that's really like, I was like, okay. So I had his full support and I quit my job and I just kind of dive in, start dog training and actually things just kind of taking off from there. Um, you may say it's more like, oh, naturally it's easy, but at the same time, look back, it's years of preparation and the foundation and then, and then make that to happen. 
I just love this. I love this. And I think we got the light bulb moment here, you guys. So I'm going to share with you guys what we can get from this story because I think it's so beautiful. What Grace did right here, she actually helped you understand how unique each and every one of us are. She understood that she was co-creating these workshops, but there was something that she did differently that she can give to these people who were struggling. So she said, you know what? I have to help. I need to provide service for these people who are struggling with their dogs. So she identified what is her uniqueness, what is her genius, and how she can actually implement that. And the second thing, you know what? She said, I'm... I'm not fulfilled in my job, in spite, despite I got this promotion and it seems like this is a success, I don't feel fulfilled. And she went against that and she said, you know what, I'm going to do something for myself. Even if it seems scary, I know I have this beautiful man who supports me and who believes in me. <laughs> and the third thing, you guys, um, was actually... So I don't know what was that. Yeah, right. She knew exactly, exactly what were the pain points of her clients, how they struggled, what is her unique ability and what, what's the pain point of their uh, clients. In that case, dog owners who are struggling with their, uh, with their kids. I wanted to say like, of course, yeah, dogs are like kids. I have three kids and I always refer back to kids, but she knew what is her uniqueness. She didn't want to stay in her comfortable job because she didn't feel fulfilled. And three, she was clear on what they, their, her clients are actually struggling with. And this is so, so beautiful. I think like you nailed it. And yeah, right. The, the whole thing, it might appear in one point as a success story. But as you said, it was years of preparation behind the scenes. And this makes it so, so amazing because we don't know what we don't know until we actually take the, the leap and say, you know what, I'm going to try this thing because it feels like I can help someone. And then you build the parachute when, once you're like going and flying down. <laughs> Is that like how you felt? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a leap of faith um, that you it's part i guess part of it, like you feel that's inside of you uh, by the same time you're like okay you just need to take the jump right take the leap and then just take the action the first step i think that's obviously the hardest one i think a lot of the um people may be listening either you are already entrepreneur or maybe you wanted to be i think it's really the first step the hardest that to get started to really like okay i'm gonna get started this thing i think that's the hardest part yeah 100 the, the the one thing that i see with my with my clients is like they don't know how right we are so stuck in the how that we actually forget why we want to do this we're so stuck in the okay so what is my next step <laughs> you know um and that becomes like, what is my next step for so long that we actually forget that, you know, we just become comfortable with the reality that we live in. And it's really sad because I believe, like, I wholeheartedly believe that each of every one of us is really sent to this world 
with a certain purpose, certain calling to, 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 to not just like to really to serve this world, like not just human beings, but also like animals and everything that is breeding and living on this planet. Um, and it's just so beautiful. Um, I want to ask you something about your marriage because you mentioned that he actually supported you. And I think this is also really important for some of my listeners to hear. So mm -hmm. you had this dream and you wanted to start this business. And how did you actually went about to explaining your husband? Did he, was he involved in seeing you, how you train dogs and how actually good you are at that or did you ha had to like say you know what um did you need to have had you have you have you had the feeling that you need to convince him that this is a uh your best next step or it, it just became you know what i trust you i know that you got this <laughs> i love this question i have to think and look back <laughs> uh, um so I think part of it, when we agreed on having a dog, uh, I think that's always started. I think it's like when we agreed on having a dog, I told him that I will be the one take responsibility of the dog, right? I mean, he support me to have a dog, but we also had agreement like I, I will be the one training the dog. I will make sure the dog is well behaved, not peeing and pooping in the house type of thing. Also, uh, at the time I was working from home, so give me more access to dogs like, oh, I, I have time to do this, right? Um, so that's when our agreement. So I basically, I think part of it is really important uh, you, for couples out there when you have commitment, right? You have to really take that responsibility. So I did, I, I picked a trainer and I went, I enrolled training and I did my best to train this dog. And uh, my husband knew that I was spending a lot of time training him and his transformation, I mean, the dog's transformation obviously was really significant over the months of where having him and I train him and how he really start opening up and become more confident. Um, <clears throat> so that's, I think my husband already knew. And then I probably, I guess part of it, I can't stop talking about dog training. Maybe that's, the hint for him, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I probably, when I talk about dogs, I probably talk about, oh, I did this, I did that, my dog can do this now. And then maybe my feelings of it, I couldn't really remember the details if that's how it worked. Um, but I bet you anything when I talk about work, probably more complaining than anything else, right? <laughs> probably like, oh, this is not working or this is the problem at work. But when I talk about dogs, it's probably, oh, good stuff or feel like more discovery, right? Like, and then I, when I start uh, volunteering for the uh, rescue group, I was like, wow, I was super excited to do that. It's like, I like, that's a part, I guess, part of talk about feel fulfilled. It's like when um, every week I can go do the trainings, every month I can hosting the class. That's when I like super excited, get prepared and, get more more uh, pumped up and even working harder with my personal dog. I think that's really part of that. And then um, by the time uh, come around at the time, like, okay, feel like I'm gonna start business. I think my husband's part was, he he's the one like telling me that I, 
I think, how would I say this? I think he's really supportive to the point that he believes this. I, I definitely, if anything, I should not work the job anymore. And then I should start dog training business because I just so passionate about it. He said he never seen me passionate about anything uh, except about the dogs. So, and we actually just had this conversation a couple months ago. And he talked about, Grace, you're much happier now after in business, even though still, business still, like you still have to work hard. And I just had my first kid. So the things are getting harder with this pandemic and everything. And he said, even though with all these difficulties in life, uh, you're still a much happier person that now you have your business compared to back in the time when you work for a corporate job. So I think that's really, maybe part of it, I was just super lucky and he know me better than myself. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense or not. Oh, so beautiful. Oh my God, you should write a book, girl. <laughs> beautiful story. I just love everything about this and your authenticity and openness. It, 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 I really feel your good heart. Like, I really feel like I want to hug you through the screen. Um, <laughs> and I want to just say that I want to reinforce what you just said, that it's important to keep your word. You know, you, you said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make, make, make it happen. So we, I train my dog. I take the responsibility and you kept your word. So in, in any business, I think it's, or even if like, if we, we, if we make a promise, we need to keep that. Even with kids, you know, you, if you say, I'm going to come in in an hour, you keep that promise. This is how we stay in integrity. And this is how we build trust with people. We, we want to build relationship. And at the end of the day, like that's all what we got relationships with, with our people. Um, and of course, you have a you built that relationship with your dogs as well. And that also reflects how you, how you actually operate and how you are presenting yourself as a business owner. And you also show the results. That's, I think it's a key also because a lot of women that I'm speaking with, they say, you know what, but my husband doesn't support me. Of course, because you're working hard. You're taking time away from your family to actually sit in front of the computer or doing whatever, whatever you're doing um, and you're not showing the results. So it's super important. And one of your values is also to be effective in, in, the, in your, what you're doing. I think it's really, really super important that you know what you're doing, what are your goals, and like without procrastination, being so determined and so committed to make it happen, to show the results and to keep your promise. Is this is what I'm getting from you? <clears throat> Yeah, I, I think part of it is the way we say we, we want to chase our passion, right? And, but part of also more than a passion is really like how you actually make it happen. And that's it's understanding there's not a smooth road, right? You, you, you have to work hard towards it. Yeah, 100%. Yes, yes, yes. I think it's just, I think people think, you know, building business is not easy. It might be simple when you have like a business planner, you have these all steps. It might seem simple, but it's not easy. It is at the beginning. It is a, a hard work. Um, it's not just like you're going to show up and people will, will trust you. So yeah, 
Um, so tell me, like we are getting towards end, um, tell, tell us a little bit about your, for all our dog trainers, I, I'm sure that we have a lot of people out there who, who wants to know more about your business and your gift and tell us a little bit about your gift and your freebie. Yeah, so the best way to check out my gift and freebie is to go to my website, mansat-mats.com. And uh, uh, you can type in your email and everything to download the free report. Uh, in the report, I actually talk about I'm debunking two biggest in dog industry norms. The one that you can just, you know, I'm not going to review it, but you, you, when you see it, you know, because when you talk about dog training, these two things are going to come up all the time. And I, I don't do those right? Because that's the part of like, yeah, that's why part of the reason a lot of dog owners do struggling is people tell them that's what they're supposed to do. And that's not necessarily true. Uh, the other thing, I give you three really actionable items, action you can take to reduce your dog's anxiety today. Um, one of my um, email subscriber actually emailed me after she read my report, like, oh my gosh, it's just this one thing you talk about in this report already changed the relationship between me and my dog. Um, <clears throat> I think part of the dog training, I think people way too much focus on the techniques and the tactics on fixing the problems. But for me, I believe dog's behavior is the reflection of their mind. So in order to fix the behaviors, we have to help dogs' mind. We have to help them to relax their mind. We have to teach them to be calm. And when they have more confident, inner confidence in dogs, um, very similar to human being on this part, right? And then if your dog's more confident, your dog naturally have less reactivity, um, less like burst out craziness. Um, that's really similar to human. You know, I, I use this example a lot. The biggest bullies are actually very insecure people. Um, even they show up like they're so big, right? They, they feel they're really like to have to tell everybody, oh, I'm so strong, I'm not scared. But inside they're actually really scared. That's why they're bullies. Um, and that's very similar to dogs. Uh, when, over the years I work with dogs, that's very similar. Your dogs go out and bark at every dog out there, try to lunge at them, try to show teeth or like bark at other people or growling at your house guest. All of those things, actually reflection of your dogs, very insecure and fearful. A lot of people don't realize that. And you just fix a behavior outside, it's not gonna fix that. We have to work on the inner confident building. And that's really what my training is all about. I love this. And that makes sense why chihuahuas are, are so loud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. My, I remember my auntie has a chihuahua and she's like so loud every time we would come and she's so loud because she's so afraid. Um, she's such a cute, um, like she's really fearful, cute little puppy, but she's so, so loud. Um, but it makes sense because I think it's also like, changing the the state of your mind even like with what you're saying just for humans changing the state of your mind will change your um behavior and my people know that like now 
I love to talk about Tony Robbins because I just attended UPW and he talks about how you actually, your emotions create, your emotion creates emotion. So when you actually move and when you um, change a switch in your mind, you actually also change how you emotionally feel. Uh, so I think it's also uh, that back to that, like how you actually bring that peacefulness and calmness into into dogs or even a human you probably use that same with your kid I'm, I don't doubt that you're an amazing mom uh, because it, I think it's all about like how we actually see them and how we can make them to be calm if also from my own perspective as a mom I think if I'm stressed and I'm like reactive my kids are reactive and, and stressful as well mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, when I work with clients, it, it definitely, I think there's a joke about like your dog is reflection of you, right? Your dog is the mirror of you. Uh, that definitely has certain truth in it. Um, when a dog, a lot of, especially when you adopt a dog from a shelter or like in my case from another country, what happens is that those dogs come in with their own emotional baggages. Um, then everybody's household have its own unique challenges. No matter how successful, how loving you are in the house, there is always stressors. And especially the world we're living in, we're experiencing the stress that we might not even know we are experiencing them. Um, <clears throat> that all actually add on more stress to the dog that already stressed out. And that's actually right now, I got more inquiries than the past several months because people start really realize that their dog's more reactive during this pandemic. Um, well, they didn't understand. They're like, well, we're all home and we spend more time with our dog. Why is it actually getting worse, right? But when we're all stuck at home and with all this news, there's not great news. Um, that's and that your work situation with all the stuff going on. It's actually you, everybody like in this very tense bubble inside the house, and that actually make your dog more anxious. And anxious dog tend to have bad behaviors. Um, so that's definitely true. And how you the dog owner can work on their own mindset. How can they help themselves first, and then to help the dog. Um, that's actually also a huge part of my training too. I constantly tell my clients, it's your dog is fine, but we ha really have to teach you how to help your dog to get there and how you can help yourself um, to really separate certain emotions between you and your dog uh, in order to help your dog. That makes so, so much sense. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, we want to change, you know, it's the same like if we want to change our partner, you need to change yourself first to actually change the relationship. Yeah, the relationship between, I, I, I think that's the other thing, a lot of training methods failed the shy, fearful and reactive dogs because they way more focus on fixing the behaviors. They ignore the part, the most important part is the relationship between the owner and the dogs and how to strengthen that. I, I tell my clients, I said, one thing we have to teach your dog is your dog can trust you. And a lot of people don't realize that. A lot of people feel like, oh, why my dog doesn't trust me? I feed my dog, I play with my dog, I take him for a walk, why my dog doesn't trust me? 
I said, because from the day to day, the small actions you're taking, that your dog look at the things that you might consciously or subconsciously doing that your dog determined that you cannot be trusted. And so when bad things happen, your dog tend to like, I have to take care of myself. And I said, when they take care of the things themselves, that's from barking, growling, and the lunging. But how you can build a relationship with your dog to communicate to say, hey, I really got you back so you don't have to acting out. And that's a part you have to rebuild throughout the training and really show your dog, okay, you don't have to do that because I truly have your back. And that's not just from us talking. Obviously, there's a lot of actions the owner have to take in order to show the dog it's a new way of building a relationship. You have to kind of give a dog a different thoughts of like you as an owner, um, where you're at in your dog's mind, who you are. Um, and that's really important. Oh, so much goodness. So much goodness. You're, you're like, you own this. <laughs> uh, yeah, so great. Like, so such a great conversation. I feel, I love dogs. I really love dogs. My kids are like always, I have three kids. So it's like, can we have a, go, a dog? Um, yeah, I have three little monkeys. I think I'm going to pass it for a while. But I think it's also like you, you gave me that confidence, you know, I'm thinking that it's so much about responsibility and I think that it's also like how can I actually teach my girls to be responsible to take that responsibility. so so I think I, I I'm I'm so confident I think yeah if we get a dog that's gonna be on you <laughs> so, so I'm gonna thank you uh, but definitely had a great conversation with you um tell us where can people find you where do you hang out the most and yeah yeah, so the best way to get in touch with me, obviously, is on my website, mansa-mas.com. And once you start receiving emails, there's like how you can, you know, working with me. Also, I offer occasionally like special workshop. Uh, that's all information in the emails. Um, and I also on Facebook, I have my Facebook page. Also, I believe on Facebook, it's like facebook.com forward slash like group forward slash mansa-mas. Uh, you'll find me on Facebook. I post daily like email and videos uh, to talk about dog training and dog training related topics. Uh, the things that I, I will also have my ranting, right? Talk about what other people do that drive the dog owners crazy, right? <laughs> so how we can deal with that and how, you, how those can help dog owners. So yeah, I think that's the best way to get in touch with me. Okay, super cool. We're going to put all the links in the show notes. Um, is there anything else that you just want to share with us to, to complete this show? Uh, I want to say no matter how hard your life is right now, and just you have to tell yourself it's going to get better and work through it. Ah, oh, yes. No matter how hard it is, you have to tell yourself you're going to work through it. I love this. Grace, thank you so much for this lovely conversation and we speak soon. Awesome. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>Thank you so much, gorgeous soul, for tuning into today's show. I appreciate you so much for sticking to the end. And if you found value, please make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. 
This means that you are supporting my fearless mission to impact millions and also making sure that this podcast reaches people who need to hear this. As a matter of fact, you could screenshot this episode and share your takeaways on EG stories and I will personally give you a shout out there and send you a little thank you gift. How does that sound? And I hope to really see you there and until next time, dream big, plan for success and impact the world. Mm.